Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. We're just glad that you have joined us this morning. I believe God's going to do something in your heart today, and I'm sure he already has. We're going to read in about seven minutes. We're going to read from Isaiah 58. Um, So... If you have a paper Bible with you or your phone, go ahead and bring Isaiah 58 up. I'm going to read from ESV. I think I'm reading from ESV this morning. Yes, I'm going to read from the ESV. Um, And we're going to ask you to do that um, because it helps. It helps you get the word in your heart, helps you pick up on stuff that maybe I missed and uh, or I'm not going to touch on today that might uh, impact you. So in about seven minutes, we're going to do that. Isaiah 58, if you're at home, grab that. Um, but we're, our church this week is, is uh, starting this year like we start every year with a week of prayer and fasting. And so we're simply just asking the church, hey, would you trust God um, with this week? And would you take time to fast and pray uh, over your life, your family, your situations, but also over the church? Would you fast? Because uh, we believe God wants to do something miraculous. We believe that um, this year is going to be a year of healing for so many. It's going to be a year of people coming back um, to God. It's going to be a year of the church taking new ground. And we just have vision that God is going to do something miraculous. We don't even know what it is yet. Um, but we, we just have this, this ache within us that God's going to move the church forward. Um, the way the church belongs, it's taking ground. And, uh, you know, there's, there's many studies done on the church that um, it's shrinking and it's getting smaller and, and, uh, and maybe we're just getting more refined. And uh, we, we just believe that, that God is, is gonna do something through, um, through this next 2023. And so um, would you take time? We're asking you, pray and fast over the church and uh, pray and fast over the city, that we wanna see a spiritual awakening in Edmonton, that we believe that God is doing things uh, in this city. And it's a time where a lot of people are attracted to our city and coming to our city. And, uh, and, and we believe God's gonna do something with that. And we want to be a part of their lives. And uh, so we, we just have vision for what God is going to do in 2023. And so um, we're asking, would you, would you pray and fast with us? And if it's your first time here and you're like, oh my gosh, he's asking me not, not to eat or what even is fasting? Um, it's going to be a great week for you. Come and be a part of it, uh, no matter how long or how little you've been here. Uh, so we're going to fast and pray this week. So each night, Monday to Thursday, um, there's prayer meetings. I'd encourage you to be in the room. The presence of God is in the room. Not that the presence of God isn't with you, but where two or three are gathered in his name, he'll be there. And uh, that's what's gonna take, part, take place, 7 p.m., Monday to Thursday this week. We're gonna worship for a couple minutes together, get our eyes fixed on him, and then just pray and, and believe we're just gonna break the soil of what God is gonna do. And uh, it's, gonna, it's gonna be a great time together. So fasting uh, and prayer. Fasting is a part of our spiritual disciplines, like worship, prayer, reading of scripture. Um, spiritual breakthrough does not happen without spiritual discipline. And fasting is often overlooked because fasting is not natural. Uh, fasting is good. How many people know eating is a whole lot better? Uh, and, and, and it's okay if you're like, this, this sounds horrible. Uh, it, it, it's Eating is better. We can say that. If eating wasn't better, we would just fast all the time, right? 
We would figure out what was best and, and we would just do that all the time. So we, we get that. Fasting is, uh, fasting is not normal and that's good. I remember growing up thinking, what is wrong with me that I hate the idea of fasting? And all these people at church are like, yeah, we're going to fast this week. And I'm there going, why am I a pastor's son? I do not want to be a part of this nonsense. And uh, I hated fasting. And so just know that if you're like, this sounds like a terrible idea, you're in, you're in good company, my friend. I agree with you. Um, what we're doing is not going to feel natural, but we do believe that God's going to do something through it. And we're going to dig into that in a little bit here uh, this morning. Again, I'm going to read from Isaiah 58 in a minute, but um, Matthew chapter 9 uh, the disciples of John came to Jesus and they say, uh, why do the Pharisees fast? Why do we fast and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. Really important to notice that word mourning or, or mourn. Fasting is mourning the absence of Jesus. We're crying out for his presence to come and be in our lives. And that's what this week is all about. We're saying, Jesus, would your presence come? And uh, it's, it's, it's so easy to just kind of like go through life and not take a moment of, oh my gosh, like at some point we've lost the presence of God. Not because he's left, but because we haven't, realized he was there because we, we just, things get messy and things get busy. And I don't know about you, but have you ever gone through a season where you're just, you're dry. You feel like I haven't felt the presence of God in a while. And, and fasting is crying out saying, I miss that presence. I want the bridegroom here. Jesus, you need to be with me in my life. There's three times of fasting that you can look up on our socials that we posted. Um, there's a Daniel fast. It's rooted in Daniel chapter 10. Um, normally, it's just like, yeah, it'll explain it there. Uh, juice, fast, or water, the traditional fast. There's, there's not really like a hierarchy um, uh, where it's like, okay, if I'm doing the water fast, I am more holy than you. Um, don't think of it that way. Um, just pick what, what you feel uh, God's placed on your heart and can fit within your life this week. Um, you can also just choose to do a partial fast. Um, if, if you feel like, you know what, for me right now, uh, it means I'm gonna skip lunch or, uh, you know, I'm going to skip dinner or whatever it may be. Take that time, be intentional uh, to be with Jesus during that time. And just know you don't have to feel any shame for any type of fast you're doing. Um, and I just invite everybody in the church, come and be a part of this. Don't miss this week. It's, it is special. Um, I've, more and more recently I've heard, and I will get to Isaiah 58. I remember that we're going to read that. But more and more uh, I've heard that people say the idea of, well, I'm going to do a social media fast. Can I just submit to you this morning that uh, social media is not a need. It's entertainment. So fasting, it is not fasting. It's just a good idea. It's not fasting at all. Like fasting social media is not fasting. It's just a good idea. Um, fasting is skipping a physical need to meet a spiritual need. And when we meet that spiritual need, I believe we're going to see spiritual healing. And so you use that built-in desire for food that we all have 
to fuel a desire for God, to mourn the absence of the presence of Jesus. We want more of him. It's like a built-in reminder to seek him. And we, we gotta be careful that we're not just simply seeking his benefits alone. We're seeking him, not just his benefits. And so we want more of his presence. We wanna be with him. We wanna know who he is. So we're not going, just going into this week saying, okay, God, I, I need some blessings. I want you to bless me. So I'm not gonna eat in order for you to bless me. We're going into this week saying, God, I wanna know you more. I wanna become like you. I want to know how you would respond to these people, this situation. You know, I want to just worship you. It's about a closeness, a hunger, a desire, an appetite for the presence of God. And it's not that God comes because of the fast, as if we've worked hard enough to earn his presence in our life, but our fasting drowns out the noise of the world in order to experience the presence of God that's been with us the whole time. We just haven't realized it because things have been too busy and too messy. The world will dull your senses and fasting makes them come alive again. Let's go to Isaiah 58. We're going to start in uh, verse six. Is this not the fast that I chose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. I love that. Your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. If you pour out yourself for the hungry and you satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Now, all of Isaiah 58 uh, talks about fasting and I'd encourage you maybe um, read it tonight, contemplate that as we go into a week of prayer and fasting or, or uh, bring it out throughout this week. Um, but one thing I, the, the prophet Isaiah uh, promises us is that when you fast, you'll find personal freedom. When you fast, you will find personal freedom. He says, this is the fast that we chose, to loose the bonds of wickedness. Get rid of that stuff. To undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. This is what we're doing. We're getting rid of the bonds of wickedness. We're not trying to earn God's love. We're becoming like God. We're being holy as God is holy. We want to be near him. We want to be like him and shake off the strongholds in our hearts and in our minds to undo the straps of the yoke. Isn't that beautiful imagery? Doesn't that sound amazing to be set free? Come on this morning. First service was louder than you guys. I'm not going to lie. Usually you're my favorite, but today... Here we go. Thank you. 
to let the oppressed go free. To let the oppressed go free. You see, we hold people captive in our hearts. And fasting helps us to set them free. How many people know when the clock struck midnight between 2022 and 2023, there was still some unforgiveness in your heart? There was still a situation you were holding on to. Those fireworks don't magically repair relationships. Okay, I wish they did. I wish they did. And what fasting does is it helps us move on. What fasting does is it helps us let go. What fasting does is it helps us go, God, I've been holding on to this and it's time to give it to you and to actually trust you with it. Fasting helps us heal. And it's as we seek God, as we're close to him, we, we become more like him and these things take place. Fasting isn't to gain something from God that we don't already have. It's to drown out the noise of life so we can realize the freedom that we have in him. To realize we've allowed some things to come into our hearts and we've been oppressing some people and it's time to set the oppressed free. Fasting is a, a callback to conversations. To go, oh God, I keep talking about that person that way. Help me get to the root of this and set the oppressed free. Help me throw any and all wickedness aside. Help me shake this hidden sin that unfortunately keeps coming back even though I keep trying to fight it because I want to live in the freedom that you offer. When we fast, we find that personal freedom. When we fast, we discover God's priorities. When you get married to someone, I have the privilege of doing many weddings. I love it. Uh, I used to hate it because I was so nervous the whole time. And I feel like I'm ruining this person's wedding because I'm like, like, you guys, you guys, did I do that in right order? And uh, I kept messing up which way the bride was supposed to stand and all these traditions. And anyways, I love it now. But there's something that we always, I always like to touch on in the, in the ceremony of weddings is that you're not, when you get married, you're not just adding someone into your existing life and saying, okay, I'm keeping things the same way and you just join me in those things. Like women, how many of you would like to marry uh, or, or married women, how many of you would have liked to, your, your, your man to stay the same that he was when he was single and, and you just keep going on that same, same route? Right? You don't want that. Uh, the, the critique or the criticism that always comes from the single crowd when, that, when this person, you know, sort of comes out of their singleness, the critique from all their friends is, you've changed. Well, thank God you've changed. You were playing Halo till 3 a.m. every night for six years. And, and the Bible says that the two become one. And, and so, you, you know, when you get married, you owe nothing to those friends. You owe everything to that spouse, that the two do become one. Now, obviously, there can be extremes. But um, when we get married, we're not just adding someone into our existing life and say, you have to deal with this. This is how I'm going to be. I'm not changing for you. It, it doesn't work. But the same thing happens with God. Is that we're not just 
going on our lives, continuing on however we want to do things and saying, okay, God, just you join this and make it better. I'll take all of your promises, but I don't want any of the sacrifice. Michael Scott, I want all of the critics or all of the credit and none of the blame. You remember that episode? The, the Willy Wonka one where he, yeah. And, uh, and I think that's for some, this is the reason Christianity doesn't work. Because they come and they, they uh, get this idea that, oh, I can, I can go to heaven. God will take care of all my needs. And, you know, he's going to be with me no matter what. And I just go on living the way I've been living. And there's always a tension there. It doesn't work. Because you, you're you're joining your life with God's and, and then what happens is we change. When, we, when he dwells within us, it's gonna change some things about us. And so if we don't want him to dwell within us, it doesn't work. And unfortunately, those people, they walk away thinking those people, you know, that, that follow Jesus, they're being lied to, you know, they're being manipulated and that's so sad. And the reality of it is, is they still live with an emptiness in them, an unfulfilled void in their heart because they tried their own formula to this. And fasting helps us to remember God's priorities. That life isn't just about getting what we want. And our priorities, just like marriage, our priorities change when we come into a relationship with God, and rightfully so. Isaiah's saying, we're fasting share the bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked, go cover him. It's reminding us of God's priorities. There's often imagery in the Bible. I think Jesus, when Jesus said, uh, you know, I'll leave the 99 to find the one. There's that imagery that we're all a part of, a part of something, but God cares for the ones who aren't yet part of it, who have those needs. He cares for the ones that are, that are so in need and fasting reminds us of that. And, and I believe that a lot of us know these things, even in the back of our minds. Like we know, we understand the concept. The problem is we're the most distracted generation in history, aren't we? Like there's never been a people, I think when we look back, when they, when they read about us in social studies in years, they'll, they'll read about how distracted we became. Or maybe they'll be even more distracted then. I don't know about when the distracted began, the, and, and it's, it's interesting. We're so distracted. I was just reminded of this over the, over the holidays. This, we began time as a family. I'll often go um, through seasons without social media apps on my phone, or at least like the, the pinnacle ones that really distract you. And uh, uh, so I'll, I'll pull off, you know, my social media because I'm like, I need to focus right now on my life. And, um, and so as the holidays began, I, you know, I deleted those, those apps that distract me because I want to be all in with my family. And uh, there's, so I delete these apps and my phone is sitting around more uh, than it often is. And that's great. We're spending time together as a family. But because my phone is sitting around more, my son ends up grabbing it and playing this golf game that I had on my phone. And now I'm, all of a sudden I'm like, now he's distracted by my phone instead of me being distracted by my phone. And this golf game, what happens is you have to pay a certain amount of coins to play the game, okay? And so he starts playing the game and because he sucks at the game, 
uh, he keeps losing the coins and then it locks him out of the game. And you have to win the game to get more coins. And it's okay. I would tell him he sucks too, okay? I'm trying to, I'm trying to raise up a kid that is self-aware. Um, <laughs> and, and what happened was I found myself at night playing the game to win it, to get him the coins so that he would have the coins to play during the, the day. And now all of a sudden, I'm distracted by this game that's distracting my son. When the reason he's distracted in the first place is because I put my phone down so it wouldn't distract me so I could pay attention to him. Oh my gosh, we're so distracted. More distracted than we've ever been. And fasting reminds us about who we serve with our lives, what his priorities are, that we're not just a friend of God, but we serve him. Well done, good and faithful servant. And these servants care about the master's desire and the master's heart. Fasting reminds us that discipleship to him is becoming like him, caring about what he cares about. It helps us shift our perspective off of our problems and onto the loving care of those around us. The same loving care that God shows us. Fasting helps us realize that maybe we've been neglecting some people with needs in our lives, whether those be physical or spiritual needs. Fasting reminds us that everything we own belongs to the Lord. And fasting is the time to take inventory of our stewardship of what he's given us. Have we been neglecting those who are in need? It's a sober reminder that we are who we are and we have what we have simply because of the grace of our good God. Have we been holding on too tight to what he's given us? Fasting reminds me to appreciate the promise that along with the sacrifice and the laying down of our lives for him, he also has given us promises. In Isaiah 58, 8 to 9, he lays out some of these promises. And here's the thing about fasting. I don't want to paint a false picture for you. If you're going to fast, this week, it's going to weaken you. Like, there's a reason we eat. It strengthens us. And I think that, again, this ties back to the overarching problem, is that we're always trying to uh, solve our own needs instead of looking to God in our weakness. And what's the Bible say? Where we weak, he's strong. So we weaken ourselves to remind ourselves that we got to stop doing this on our own and welcome him in, and ask him to come in, and fasting will weaken you. And the other thing about it is, you might not even receive any sort of immediate reward or revelation this week. Oh, what a promising, fun-filled message this has been. (laughs) But you know, when I walked away from God, my parents fasted every Friday for a year straight. They fasted and prayed for me. I'm sure there were moments where, you know, Burger King came out with an extra long cheeseburger that was tempting, which they just did. Um, and I believe I will be taking, partaking in one of those this afternoon. Um, but, you know, it, there's no promise like that this is going to be some kind of transaction that's going to immediately happen. And that was the thing is that they fasted and prayed and they, they kept on skipping that physical need, kept on skipping it, skipping it, skipping it, skipping it. And what eventually happened 
is that I didn't have some sort of um, philosophical or intellectual awakening that all of a sudden I just realized I was like reading my Bible wrong or something. But it was actually a spiritual need was met in me that I spiritually came alive after a year of them physically, you know, skipping that need physically. All of a sudden it met a spiritual need in me. So you might not receive some sort of immediate reward or revelation, but there is a promise that we got to appreciate. There's a promise that Isaiah is giving us here. He says, uh, then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Amen. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You'll cry and he'll say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. You'll be protected. He'll cover you. He'll provide whatever it may be. But we're not fasting in a transactional way just for that provision. We fast to remember the provision that he's already given us. We fast to, to dull, like the world has dulled the senses and, and we fast to, to, to come alive again, to remember what we already have in him. Fasting is a reminder of the protection that the Father has already given us. That we look back on the, on the year past and say that, yeah, maybe everything didn't go perfectly. But as we fast, we're reminded of, wow, God was covering me. He was taking care of me. He was protecting me through all these things. A reminder of what we may have forgotten. That he will cover you. He will hear you. And you will hear from him. And while we may or may not hear the audible voice of God next week, which is it's very uncommon, but I know it does happen. When we fast, what happens is it helps us sense him, what he's saying. You know, this is the, one of the number one questions I get asked as a pastor. Is how do I hear from God? Like, is there some sort of, I feel like I'm not answering the phone that he's calling through. Is there some sort of secret to this? And this is what it's all about. It's all about dulling all this other nonsense that we've allowed in so that we can hear his what? Still, small voice. And this is a, a spiritual discipline. And like other spiritual disciplines, it helps us discern his voice. Fasting isn't just about knowing what God's promises are in his word which he has many for, for us in there. But what I've found with fasting is I've had moments where God has given me specific words for a season that I'm in or specific direction for a season that I'm in. Timely words that I'm not sure I would have made it through certain seasons in ministry without those specific words. Even just recently in the last couple of years, I had a word from God that I, I, I got in prayer that I just knew it was from God. And any time it just felt like, man, I've, I'm just shaking and I, I, this is a mess. I went back to that moment, went back to that word and God sustained me. He'll speak to your heart and your mind specifically, but he won't compete with all your distractions. He's not a lovesick boyfriend just waiting for you to give him some you know, attention. He's not, oh, please come talk to me. I'm over here. I'm so cute. God is a jealous God. He won't yell over the other noise. He'll wait until you're quiet enough to hear. He'll wait until you're, you're done substituting 
to speak. Because often, isn't that the case? We're, we're, we're running, we're getting cheap substitutes. We're getting knockoffs. We're getting the, the wish version of God's promise for us. Have you ever seen those wish ads? Um, you're getting this sort of AliExpress knockoff wannabe version of what God is trying to do in your life. And we're, we're running and we're chasing after those things. And he's just like, I'll wait. I'll wait. Till you stop trying to be strong on your own. I'll wait till you're okay with being weak. So that I can be strong. And fasting helps us sense in our spirit what he's trying to say, what he's trying to do. It helps us just sense who he is, where he's leading, what our next step might be. And here's a promise from Isaiah. You will hear from God. The Lord will answer. You'll cry out. He'll say, here I am. How many people know we need the voice of God, don't we? We need God's voice. We have so many other voices trying to influence us. We need his voice. I don't know about you, but often I have the, the voice of insecurity trying to influence me instead of the voice of God. The voice of insecurity tells you, you don't belong. And so when you step out, you know, to, to try and make some kind of relationship or um, be a part of, of something, the voice of insecurity will tell you, you don't belong here. When you maybe start a new job or take your, you know, some step in your life, the voice of insecurity will tell you, you don't belong here. Stop, don't do this, don't embarrass yourself. Well, there's a voice of failure. It's something that we're way too afraid of. Something that I admire in entrepreneurs is that they're, they forget their failure quickly. And so many of us, the reason we're held back in life is because we like frame our failure and look at a picture of it and go, oh, remember that? Remember that? Let's not take any risks. Let's stay comfortable because remember this trip we went on? You know, like it's, it's like it's a family vacation for you. Let's just put it up on the mantle and just remember. And that's the voice we've been listening to. We need the voice of God. How about the voice of pride? The voice that tells you to stay isolated, to not allow people into what you're working on, to not allow people into, into what you're going through, not allowing anyone into your thoughts because you know what's best because you're afraid that they're going to speak truth. The voice of pride that tells you, you got this. The voice of pride that tells you, you can deal with this hidden sin on your own. Just whatever you do, don't allow anyone else into that. We need God's voice and fasting helps us discern that. And hey, the promise of fasting is that you will receive a reward. You will. 10 through 11 says, if you pour yourself out for the hungry, satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness. Your gloom will be as the noonday. The Lord will, look at these promises, guide you continually, satisfy your desire in the scorched places, make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. God will help us rebuild what is broken. God wants to heal in all aspects of our lives, relationally, 
physically. Next Sunday night, we're going to have a healing miracle service. And every single year at that service, something happens. Somebody is healed. It's remarkable. Every single year, you know, there's somebody with infertility nine months later is having a baby. Healing. God wants to heal you relationally, physically, spiritually. We need so badly God's guidance, don't we? And thank God, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah promises us that. How many people have some kind of situation in your life where you're unsure of what to do and you need God's guidance? Come on, it's probably everybody. I think I have 13 right now that I'm working through. (laughs) We need God's guidance. That's what fasting is all about. We need his healing. It's not that I'm motivated. It's not that we're motivated by his, his blessing. We're motivated by, by a love for him. It's, it's not that we're coming as, and, and, and trying to get some transactional thing to happen, but it's okay to be like, yeah, God's promised these things for me and they're gonna happen in faith. I, I just believe that his promises are gonna come to pass. Fasting is about just drowning out the noise, drowning out all the noise of life to hear and sense what God is saying right now. And part of, part of the reward that we're offered that we often uh, don't take a hold of is just the power we have in him. The power he's enabled us with. And we don't fast to gain that power. We don't fast because God's like, oh, God's going to you know, give you like Thor's hammer if you fast. It's, it's more that we fast to grasp it. That, that power is already there. And we fast to go, oh, there's a bunch of stuff blocking this and I need to realize what's right in front of me. And I'll just quickly tell you a story before we begin to wrap up in Mark chapter nine. And this dad has a demonized son and he goes to the disciples and he asks the disciples to deal with the demon, to cast out the demon and they can't do it. So the dad goes to Jesus. This is the original, can I speak to the manager moment? Okay, the, the biblical, can I speak to the manager moment? Um, where he goes to the disciples, they can't do it. And then so he goes to, to Jesus, the one in charge. And he goes, look, these guys couldn't cast it out. And, and Jesus is like, to the disciples, he's like, didn't you guys watch the training videos? Like, come on. Um, and and they're, so D, Jesus deals with the, the demon and uh, gets him out of there. And they, he addresses the disciples. And they're like, what the heck? We, you know, we followed the plan, we thought. And Jesus said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And many versions don't have the fasting portion of it in it. But we know that um, this is true because fasting is often paired with prayer in the New and the Old Testament. So your prayers are energized by your fasting. You ever ever pray and you feel like, "I, I don't know what the heck I'm saying right now. Like you're just like, I'm just praying and I'm like, there's no power to it. There's no, you know, you're just like, what did I just say? Um, I, like, you might not have that experience, but I, I do, okay? Um, and that's what I love about fasting is it just helps us strip back things and helps us see more clearly, gives power, energizes our prayers. And Jesus here gives the disciples a heads up that, hey, if you're going to defeat the enemy, there's a power that you need to walk in. It's my power. You don't walk in the power of your personality. You don't walk in the power of your checking account. You don't walk, you know, in the power of your followers on social media. You don't walk in the power of your your knitting skills or whatever it is that you stand on. 
But you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You walk in the power of God. All right, Matthew, we're getting out of line here. Let's, let's end this thing. Matthew chapter six. Jesus gives us a nice sort of clear direction for how you're to hold yourself in a week like this. And before we begin to wrap up, I just want to say, um, I would encourage you not to phone it in this week. That the people in your life and the promises that God has in your life and the plan that God has for you is too important to phone it in. Come and be in the room. Make fasting a priority. No judgment for whatever fasting it is, but make fasting a priority in your life. And and, and let's, let's lean into this thing. Okay, this is not about like, you know, oh, we have this, whatever, we're trying to get you excited for, you know, whatever. So it's not like I'm, we're trying to pull some emotional strings here. It's like, this is real. That, that there's spiritual warfare going on, that there's even just new seasons and new blessing and new fulfillment for your life. And, and God just has so much, so many plans for you to sit there and look at the picture of, well, look what happened last time. Look, at, uh, look what happened last time I even fasted. It's just not for me. Let the spiritual people do it. You know what I mean? Like, we're, hey, we're, we're all to walk in this together. And, and there's just so much for you. So anyways, coming back, Matthew chapter six, some instruction. Jesus says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting might be seen by others. Like, hi, my name is Hungry Badge on their shirt. Um, Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Look at that, exchanging it for some cheap feeling in a moment. Oh, look at how good I am. And Jesus calls it out. He says, don't, don't do it. What a cheap reward that is. When you fast, anoint your head, wash your face. Basically, act like nothing's going on. Push through that hunger. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Let's stand. trying to paint that picture this morning that we don't fast in a transactional way simply just to gain the reward. The reward is the Father. Like that's what, that's, that's what we're seeking. We're not seeking we're, we just want to be with Him. And thank God for His rewards. In His kindness, God always takes care of us. Fasting is about humbling yourself before God not to make a show out of it, but humbling yourself because our lives are too crowded. God is not just another thing to add to our busy schedule. He's not just a person to to add to whatever we're doing. This week is the time to get your priorities straight. It's a reminder we don't need to watch every Oilers game. We don't need to 
respond to every notification. We don't need to. We don't need to get so stressed about all the needs in our lives. We need a burning desire for the presence of God to dwell within us. His promises are that He'll set us free. He'll answer when we call. That He protects us and that He will reward us. Would you bow your heads? God, thank you for your faithful people. I pray for those who are feeling maybe ashamed because of how they've drifted or how they've relied on something or someone other than you. God, I pray that we'd have a desire for you and you alone to see your face, to be with you, God. God, forgive us. We humble ourselves today. Hey, if you're in the room and you know you've drifted, you know you're not living for God, normally I'd lead you in a prayer, one-on-one, but I'm gonna leave that to you today. All you gotta do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And you'll have eternal life. I'm gonna leave you you to pray it on your own because we're gonna sing. You guys can go ahead and start that song. We're gonna sing uh, in Christ alone. I just encourage you just to reflect on this past year, the year to come, the week to come, what God would have you do and to just sing with a position of God, have your way. Take over, Lord. We give it all to you. We humble ourselves. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.